0: We're so thankful to have him here, and I'm not going to take up any more of his time. Would you please welcome Brother Joe McGee? I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Happy New Year. Yeah, come on. It's going to be a good one, if you want it to be. Now, if you don't want it to be, you can have you a bad one. It's just up to you. So like when you and know, Jesus ministered throughout the New Testament, he said, be it unto you, according to your faith, not my faith. He said, get what you want. Now, I got everything you need, but you can get what you want. So sometimes I feel like a parent, you know, when I'm talking to my kids, you know, you can get what you want in life. I said, well, you just said it because you're my parent. Yeah, I am. I'm saying that because I'm your parent, because also it's true. Uh, significant church conference that uh pastor went to is... Um, probably the leading organization in the United States today as far as uh, impacting communities with the local church. I don't know anybody's doing a better job than Pastor Jim Graff, who heads that up, is uh, uh, Pastor John Osteen's son-in-law who's a great pastor in Texas, you know, Joel's brother-in-law. And I actually wanted to meet Pastor and uh, sit down and spend time with him. Sometimes you have to go see something. One thing I've learned as a father, as a husband, I grow when I go see somebody else doing it. One thing to read, it's nothing to go see it. that's what the body of Christ is. We grow by seeing each other, fellowshipping, showing up at church. It's not just what you come to hear. It's what you say to somebody in the lobby or, you know, walking down a hallway or the parking lot. It is a giving and receiving thing how the church works. There's never been a greater time to be alive than right now, but there are opportunities that you need to take advantage of, and you have to use your faith to do that. And one thing I'm talking about my kids, I love my kids, it's like, you're not going to ride my coattail into heaven. Mom and I are going to go to heaven. We know Jesus. Uh, he's our Savior and our Lord. We're going to heaven. That doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. You go to heaven on your relationship with Jesus. You're all adults now. Now, thank God they're all saved and spirit-filled, but I've told them all their life, you go on your merit with God, not mine. And mom and I, we've been blessed. God's been good to us. They wouldn't have dumped up, backed up in our yard and just dumped stuff on us. We've had to believe God all of our life. Everybody gets to believe God. You get to believe God. If you don't believe God, you don't get anything. God has not moved out of pity. God has only moved out of faith. Without faith, you don't please God. Without faith, you don't whip the devil. Faith only comes one place, the word of God. And so what we're going to do this morning is give you something real simple that will help you this year. Because I think this ought to be the best year of your life. I really do. Every year ought to be better than the one before. God said he takes us from faith to faith and glory to glory. You know, when I was in business, if we had a year that was bad, we did not want to repeat that year. One thing to have a bad year, have two bad years, that's not good. Three bad years, you're not in business anymore. So it's like we want to kind of measure and look, see what's going on. We're looking for things to go up. Everybody has opposition. Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, the tests and trials of life come to everybody. Everybody has opposition. Psalm 112 said that the righteous would not fear bad news. Not that you wouldn't hear bad news. You just won't fear bad news. That we would triumph over our foes. Not that we wouldn't have any foes. It is a constant fighting of faith, which you believe. We're not fighting the devil. Jesus whipped the devil. What we're fighting is that we believe the truth. Because what I believe is what will happen to me. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Matthew 12, 34 and 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, will birth good things as life. An evil man, out of the evil treasure, will birth evil things as life. I love my family. I love them dearly. We have a really big family. And, i share about it every time i come I had some challenges this last year with some of them some great rewards but some challenges that uh, my sister that i have was diagnosed with cancer this year and then uh aunt that i love dearly up in uh turtletown tennessee is uh, was diagnosed with cancer and and so we've had an opportunity to believe god today my sister is totally healed and clean and good health she's cooking dinner tomorrow for all of us and uh not a drop of cancer in her she's good and doing well So we've we've had a great victory in a short amount of time my aunt it's in the recovery process. The cancer's in remission. Sure, sure, head's baller than a baby's behind. She didn't have any hair in her head, but she's got some great-looking wigs. And, uh, and she is alive and well today. The challenge, I try to tell people, everybody gets an opportunity to believe God for something. Financially, mentally, health-wise, sanity-wise, relationship-wise, we're all getting to believe God. What you don't want to do is have a day go by you're not believing God for something because faith is a muscle. It's constantly working. If you're not believing God for something, nothing's going to be happening. So one of the things we've always challenged as a kid, what do you believe in God for? If you are not believing God for anything, your faith's getting weak. I don't care how many times you go to church. I don't care how much you read your Bible. If you're not using it, you're losing it. Every day, you ought to be believing God for something. Every day, you ought to be thanking God for something. Chasing God for something. Pastor and I was sharing between the services, there's a great saying that, that a contented man is an unsuccessful man. Because if you're content, you're not chasing anything. We should always be chasing something. God is in a constant state of chasing mankind. He's chasing the lost. He's chasing us. God's in an all-out chase, constantly looking at us. That's why God said, you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. Seek, find, Knock open. If I stare at God, he'll stare back. God wants me chasing. God loves to be chased. That's why the church is a type of a marriage. You know, it's amazing. I like dating. You know, dating was a fun time. I'm chasing Denise. She's chasing me, hugging, kissing, can't wait to get married. Make it permanent. Then all of a sudden, you stop chasing. It's like, shut up. You shut up. Get out of here. Shut up. What happened to the love? Well, we stopped chasing. We just started tolerating one another. That's why most marriages end up maintenance relationships. The only time you talk is when something's busted, broke, needs to be dropped off, picked up, or paid. It's hard to pucker up off those conversations. And so you got to get back where you chase one another. You never stop chasing each other. So in Psalms 1, if you look at Psalm 1 this morning, i give you something. We have several new seminars out on the table. Two of them I'm gonna mention this morning. One's called Family Classics. This is the largest one we've ever done. It's got 12 teachings in it, 12 CDs, and these are the single most effective, I would call them the most popular teachings. I tell people, you know, sometimes you'll teach something, you get all excited about it, man, people are going to love this, and they just stare at you, it wasn't much to it, didn't, it didn't affect anybody. My God, I thought that was good, must have been for me. Then sometimes you'll teach something, it's like, well, it wasn't that big a deal, but it is the Word of God, and people get all wound up like, man, what would you get out of that? You must have got more of that than I did. And I realized something, sometimes though, there's, a, there's just a word in season for people. So these are our top, this is the top 12 teachings. We've done 484, these are the top 12. Biblical Parenting 101, the uh, uh, Caution, Marriage, and Progress, the Marriage Building 101, the Help for Hurting Parents, the thing that Paul did with Timothy. When, man, I'm about to give up, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, God's got a word for everything. It is the word that saves us. If we don't get the word, we don't get saved, we just get mad at God. I tell people all the time, I'm doing one of two things. I'm either thanking God or I'm accusing him. If I'm accusing him, it means I have no faith in that area. Like, God, you've left me. You've left me hanging. You've abandoned me. You didn't protect me. You weren't watching that for me. No, God's always watching. God's always looking. He's always loving. He's always protecting. Am I trusting him to do that, though? Because faith is what moves God. Hebrews says those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 1 Peter 3, if I don't resist the devil by my faith, he won't be resisted. That's why Mark 4 says, when I get in the Bible, if I get in the word of God, the devil will come immediately to get that word out of me. Because if it takes root in my life and begins to come out of my mouth, that is the sword of the spirit, that is the offensive weapon that I possess. He doesn't want me to get offensive. He wants me just to hang on and hang out. And that's where most of the world is today. Most of the world is looking for help. I wanted to bring them, I didn't, I'll talk about some tonight about the newspaper clippings, you know, the European Union, you know, with those ten nations that have kind of got together and kind of belonged to one another, joined the club, you know. Well, we're trying to do the Amero, where we're going to, the Canadians and the Mexicans, the Americans, will all have the same money, you know. People want to know what's going on financially. We're trying to weaken the dollar, so we'll all just join in together because we can all be one government, we can have one ruler. That's what the Antichrist wants to do. The Antichrist is coming, we just won't be here. But if there's a one world economy being set up, And so what happens, you realize, okay, I may be in the world, but I'm not of it. That doesn't affect me. But the European Union just made a rule uh, and took Italy to task and told Italy. Now, listen, Rome, the Pope, you know, the Pope, Rome, the Pope, Catholicism. But the European Union told them that in, in Italy, they must take the crucifixes off all the public schools in Italy. They made a rule the nation must remove the crucifixes from their public schools because it's not right that they have them up. And the European Union that Italy joined sued them over it. It's like that's just stupid. That's just, no, it's real. And there's real money involved, and there's real law involved, and Italy's in court today to fight that. The European Union just made Israel give half of Jerusalem back to the Palestinians, uh, which is kind of an idea, which they're not going to do. Israel just laughed, but they made a law. You must give half of Jerusalem back to the Palestinians. Well, Jerusalem didn't belong to the Palestinians. It belongs to God's people. Whether obedient or not, it belongs to God's people. So what happens is if you don't know the word of God, you don't know who's right, who's wrong, who's happy, who's sad. There's only one right way to do it, and it's in the word of God. And so if you don't know the word, you can get really confused in the last days. Well, family is the biggest thing God's doing. God loves marriage. God loves children, parenting, growing old, all the stuff. But if you don't know that, you don't know to chase it. Now we got a big family. And I can't afford them to go broke and stupid. There's too many of them. I'd go crazy. You ever thought about that? I mean, we got six kids. Follow, start going stupid. I mean, I just go out and I don't know what. I'll move to the woods. I'll become a hermit. And I don't want to do that. I want to stay in my house. You know, I want you to move out, but I want to stay in my house. And I want you to start making money. I mean, I don't mind blessing. Get your own money, your your own stuff. And and so we realize, but if I don't get the word of God in them, they don't have the ability to do that. It's not their talent, their good look, and their GPA. It's their faith. So I got to get faith on the inside of it. The other thing we got out there that's really good. This is, I did this just for my kids. It's called Honey, Don't Panic. This is what we're going to talk about this morning. When Jesus talked about the last days in Matthew, Mark, and Luke about earthquakes, famines, plagues, and pestilence. Trying to scare everybody. He said this was coming. He said, don't panic. He said it in all. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he said it. Do not panic. But do not panic. But do not panic. Talking to his people. Thousand may drop here. Ten thousand here won't come near you. Plagues and stuff, but won't. No plague will come near your dwelling. You understand? No evil will come near your house. Angels got to protect you. But do you believe that? Because you get to believe God. If you don't believe God, it, it won't happen. You understand? The promises of God are in there because we get to choose to believe them. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Well, that's stupid. That's a lie. No, it's how God's word works. God, his word works by speaking. Faith speaks, doesn't think, talks. God created the worlds with his words. We create our worlds with our words, Matthew 12, 34 and 35. We create our words. James says, I'll set the whole course of my life on fire from hell itself with my own tongue. Watch what you say. Let the redeemed. Well, the thing is, I can't say what I don't know. That's why we're commanded to meditate in the word they are not. It's not an option. It's a command. Romans 12, 2, I'm to renew my mind with the word of God. So I'm noticing my adult kids that I love dearly and I'm proud of that. There's some temptation to panic sometimes, especially in the last days. Jobs, relationships, husbands, marriages coming up. I got two weddings coming up. Like you know, one day we're happy, one day I don't know. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like shut up. You know, it's like. And people got on to me, and 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 I've had a little kid here in this church. You know, that know if I say because I used the word shut up. Now I've had to repent and try not to use it anymore, but it still slips out because it's just a great word. It just summarizes what you feel. Shut up. <laughs> So I'm going to try to stop saying it, so I repent for that for the kid I offended here. But uh, but what it is, God's like, he's trying to tell us, if you don't change how you think, and I say this all the time, but when family members call, and we had one last week call, it happens all the time because we're the only preacher in our family. Why do they act this way? Joe, why do they act this way? And I, I don't know how many times that People act the way they act because that's the way they think. People think the way they think because that's what they feed on. Think stupid. Because you feed on stupid. You think stupid long enough, you act stupid. You act stupid long enough, you are stupid. Change your thinking. You gotta change what you feed on. That's the word of God. So I did this for my kids actually, called Hundred Don't Panic, and it was about six things I wanted them to know. Number one, there's an unseen world. And you know, we don't talk about it much. Most mostly we make movies about it. We make scary movies. You know, watching bowl games during the holidays and on every commercial, it's a scary movie, huh? people's eyeballs hanging out and face all and people love that they want to pay eight ten dollars to go see a scary movie i don't understand it personally but it's just the thing to do hey i'm feeling kind of good let's go see a scary movie let's read a stephen king novel let's see if we can go scare ourselves well i don't think that's too good a deal to do now here's what i want you to understand there's an unseen world that we have authority over but if you don't know that you'll just be afraid of it and you'll run from it most of the world that does not know the truth worships the devil You go to any third world countries, they bow down to idols. You know what they make an idol to? What they're afraid of. What you're afraid of, you'll worship if you don't take authority over it. It's like there is an unseen world that we have a power over. There is a devil. There are demons. They're real. They push everything that's in the flesh. Flesh is not the real world. The spirit world is the real world. This world will end one day. If you don't understand that, then you'll really you'll think flesh is your enemy. Flesh is not my enemy. It's not your cousins or your brother or your mother or your daddy or your in laws or your boss or your your in- that's not your enemy. And what the devil do? He'll get you mad, and you'll be talking about somebody's flesh. Like, you can tell what they did. You tell what they said. You know what they did to me. You know what they didn't do. You know, shut up. That's it's the devil. That's the devil making that happen. You'll just be mad the rest of your life. And every time you get together, it's like it's just a. <laughs> sad song that's my family i don't know what yours is like i said there's an unseen world if you don't know that and you don't take authority over it and they'll start messing with it and then all of a sudden worry is going to show up because if you don't understand it you'll worry about it that's what the bible says in Philippians for be anxious for nothing but with prayer and thanksgiving present your request to god you're not supposed to be worried you're supposed to be praying don't worry about it get you a list put it on the list then let your mind bounce around like a ping pong ball on a concrete floor with a stupid thought Put it on the list and pray about it. If you worry long enough, fear will show up. Oh, my God, what are we going to do now? My God, I thought the stock market was doing good. I don't know now. I thought the housing market was going to be okay. I don't know now. I thought health care going to be bad, I don't know now. My God, how are we going to go broke? It's going to go under. They're going to blow us up. Terrorism is going to increase. They're going to get to us. They're going to blow our planes up. My God, the swine flu, the dog flu, the cat flu, the peacock flu. I don't know. My God, somebody help me, Jesus. you understand the fear? And I'm just talking about my family. I don't know what yours is like. I'm just talking about mine. They call, are you too afraid of this? No. The Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. The reason it's in there is because the devil would like to put one on you. If you stayed there long enough, then you think, my God, I'm afraid we're not going to live long. My God, we sure won't live long. So we went through all the scriptures on long life. God said, with long life, while I satisfy and show my salvation. Length of days is in God's left hand. Well, if you don't know that, you won't believe for it. You'll just leave here early. I don't want to leave early. I want to run to the finish line. We talk about the word trouble. You know, trouble is a great word. Trouble. Trouble is bad. Well, every scripture in the Bible, every scripture in the Bible on trouble is a good scripture. There's not a bad scripture in the Bible on trouble, Old or New Testament. We'll show you that here in just a minute. Curses, you know. uh, uh, I have a great family physician and got a good heart doctor that I use, you know, once a year and go see and test everything. Make sure everything's working good and doing what I need to be doing. But, you know, when you go in, they make you fill out this just tons of paperwork about your family history. Okay, do you have this in your family? Diabetes, bronchitis, arthritis, heart disease. And they can't think, they're going to the say, my God, I think we got some of that. Well, that's in your family. That's in your family. It's probably going to be a problem. It's in your family. It's coming down. Really? Well, how do I get away from it? Can I run? Can I move? Can I look the other direction? Can I wear different clothes? Well, how do I get away from it? Well, you can't. It's in your family line. It's in you. And they'll tell you that. People with degrees will tell you that. Well, the Bible says in Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Deuteronomy 28 lists all the curses from arthritis to hemorrhoids. You know, hemorrhoids is a curse. Maybe you need to have them to realize that. I'm not talking about the preparation age kind. I'm talking about the nasty kind. Well, that's under the curse of the law. Well, God says I've been redeemed from the curse, which means I can believe God for healing. That's not mine. devil's trying to lie to me, put some on me, doesn't belong to me. But if you don't know that, you'll just roll over and let it happen. That's why we're to resist the devil and he will flee in sheer terror. But we can't resist the devil unless we're submitted to God. There's a step in this thing. Submit to God first, then resist the devil. So all the things I went through with my kids last year, and this is nothing but scripture on all this stuff. There is an unseen world, but you have authority over it. You're going to be tempted to worry. God tells you don't. You're going to be tempted to be afraid. Don't. You're commanded to not be. Fear not, fear not, fear not throughout the Bible. Fear not. You know the Bible sometimes that curse is coming on you could stain your family. Well, you know high blood pressures in our family, heart diseases in our family, cancers in our family. Well, go ahead get you a bucket load of it. Hope you can get a good measure pressed down. Hope you get a chunk of it. The Bible says next is the iniquities of the fathers go to the third and fourth generation, not the sins, the iniquities, weaknesses. Well, unless you know the Word of God says you've been redeemed from whatever's coming down the family line might have happened. You you know my grandfather might have gone to hell. I don't plan to go. You know, granddaddy might have had of heart disease and kidney failure. Not planning to have that happen to me. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm a new creature in Christ. My whole life has passed away. I don't belong to that family line. I've been grafted into a new family. If you don't know that, though, you don't get to believe for it. That's why Jesus, every time he ministered, would say, be it unto you according to your faith. Not my faith, your faith. My faith's limitless. I can only give you what you're believing for. If you're not believing for it, I can't give it to you. I can't force that upon you. Be it unto you, according to your Now, where does faith come from? Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So if I'm not in the word of God on a regular basis, my faith is not doing too good. Then faith is not a water level. And so, well, I got great faith, little faith. No, no I might have great faith in this area. I mean, I'm really good. I'm, I'm doing great. But I have no faith in this area. We had three great men in Tulsa, Oklahoma, die last year. Three great men of God. Great men of God. Uh, second largest church in our city, 9,000 members. And we had a pastor die, go home, be with the Lord, age 57. Died of cancer. People said, well, man, he's a great pastor. Large church. Impacted our state, our, our nation. Did stuff overseas the missions. Dream centers. Fed the hungry. Did just t- Why did he die? Why did he die? I said, I don't know. I don't know him. I'll have to wait until I get to heaven and ask. I know he shouldn't have died. God promised at least seventy years, unless God lied, but God doesn't lie. So God said He promised you ought to be at least seventy, which means He left thirteen years early. Quiet when you start talking like this, except when you deal with real stuff in your family. I don't want to be—I don't be nicey face. I want to tell you the truth. I want my kids to live long. I've told my kids, if Jesus tarries, I want you to come to my funeral. I don't want to come to yours. If you don't say it, they don't connect the dots. But if you're not in the word of God, you don't know that. You think, well, maybe it's just what's supposed to be. Maybe it's what's meant to be. And I don't know how many of my family members got that, you know, that crazy theology. Well, it was just God's will. No, it wasn't. You don't know God's will. You don't read your Bible. You don't know God's will. This is God's will. God's last will and testament. You got to know it before you know know what to believe for. Then you don't know. I had a good friend of mine that passed away last year. Great pastor. Traveled for years in our great Bible school. Same thing, died. It's like, why? Because people say, why, why did I? don't know why. He shouldn't have. I do know that. But I do know faith's involved in everything. I know in my personal life, I have great faith in certain areas of my life. I mean, I always, my wife just gets mad because she's, she, she, she used to think, man, if we believed in luck, I think you're the luckiest thing I've ever seen. Now I just have great faith in that area. I've always been in the Word, I know that. But there's other areas of my life, I don't do so good. Why? I have weak faith in that area. I don't know much scripture on it, and I don't really know what. And so if I get hit hard, because the devil's attracted to weakness, not strength. He walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's not going to attack your strength. He's going to attack your weakness. But thank God, the Bible says, where I'm weak, there God will make me strong. Where strength come from, the Word of God. That's why you need to get some scriptures out start meditating on it. If you're weak in an area, start finding the Word in that area. Start meditating on it. Having problems with the kids? Find some scriptures about parenting. Having problems with the marriage? Find some scriptures about love. Having problems with your health, your sanity, your job? Find some scriptures. Start believing in God. God, you said you supply all my need. I don't care if they shut the plant down and ship it overseas. You're going to open up a door nobody can shut for me. People going to like me, not even know why. Psalms 5:12. I don't care if everybody gets laid off. I'm going to get a raise in Jesus' name. But see, people, well, you can't say that. Well, don't get. It, what's what I love about God? It's like it's better than America. It's a free choice. Get what you want. I get what I want. You get what you want. We all get to get what we want. Things we don't want enough because we don't get in the word of God. Now here's what I'm going to give you. Psalms 1. This is what we say every year this time. Happy New Year. Happy, prosperous, blessed New Year. We all say it. Well, God said it first in Psalm 1. Now, I'm going to read the New Living Translation. It's a short Psalm. Just going to read half of it here. Verse 1 of Psalm 1, verse 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. And that's good. The King James says, Blessed are those who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. The word blessed in the Hebrew means happy. Happy are people who don't walk around with ungodly people. You will become like who you hang around. It'll jump on you. It's spiritual. It's not natural. It's spiritual. It's not mental. It's spiritual. It's not psychological. It's spiritual. It's a spirit. It's like a spirit of unbelief, a spirit of poverty. It's a spirit. Everything's a spirit. The unseen world is the real world. It exists. It pushes flesh. That's why be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. All the scriptures that we've said for years, and we're trying to connect the dots on them. You know you want to be wise, walk with wise men, Proverbs thirteen twenty. But a companion of a fool will be destroyed. Why? Because a fool's going to be destroyed. You better watch who you run with. Happier those who don't walk round in the council of ungodly people. It goes on and says this. Or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Now, the King James says, bless those who walk not in the council of ungodly, nor stand with sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. a scorn or somebody gripes about everything. They're sitting. They're not doing anything. They have no vision. They're, they're non-visionaries. What do you think is going on? Like, nothing. Nothing good ever happens to me. Man, it's just Murphy's law. If something bad's going to happen. It's going to happen to me. You know what? You're an ignorant human. You don't know God's promises that God promised to make you the head, not the tail above, not beneath prosper. You set your hand to, you don't know that. So you're not believing for it. You're just gripping at God. You're mad at God and God's the one trying to save you. God's the one trying to bless you and prosper. But you don't know that. So you're mad at God. When's God going to show up? God's not moved out of pity. God's not moved out of pity. God's only moved out of faith. God says this, Joe, you draw close to me. I draw close to you. You knock open, seek You'll find you stare at me. I'll stare back. God's kind of playing checkers with God. I move. He moves. I move. He moves. I stare. He'll stare. He's not human. He's God. He does things just and righteous. That's why we were commanded to meditate day and night. Romans 12 2. renew your mind every day with the word of God. I travel. We do about 80 some churches. I'm stunned how many Christians do not read their Bible. I'm not about being religious or holy memorizing, Just read the book. If just have you read the book? If somebody had carried around a timer all year for the last 12 months, timing you every time you read this, did we hit an hour? Did we hit a day? Did you read your Bible one twenty-four hour days out of the last 365? Because this is where the power comes from. So, how much juice we got in the tank? Now I'm preaching you like I can preach to my kids because I love my kids. They're talented and I love them, they're saved and spirit-filled, but it's just because you go to church doesn't mean you're using your faith. Just because you read your Bible doesn't mean you're using it. Hearing it and doing it are two different things. Are you doing this? You gotta start doing this. I gave him a journal this year. We'll get into that tonight. Let me show you what it says here. Goes on and talks about this. He said uh, But they, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So what happens if I meditate in the word day and night? Well, number one, I'm a happy person. I'm not hanging out with unbelievers. I'm happy because I'm meditating the word day and night. I'm like a tree planted by the river bank, bearing fruit each season. My leaves do not wither, and I prosper in all that I do. God promised three things if you meditate in the word. Three, number one, you'll be happy. Number two, you'll be stable. Number three, you'll be prosperous. So basically, God said, have a happy, prosperous, stable life. Like we say every year, happy new year. Well, you'd be happy if you're in the word. You don't get in the word, you won't be happy. You're going to be depressed. And I know I've said this before, but America takes more Prozac than any nation in the world. We are the single most depressed nation in the world. America. God bless America. I used to tell, we ought to have a, I shouldn't say this, I keep saying it. We ought to take a mission trip down to Mexico. Stand there on the Rio Grande River and say, please don't come over. We're all going crazy. Why is that? Well, God, that wasn't God's will. God said he wants you to be a happy, a happy, prosperous people. But it all comes from meditating in the word. So I brought my kids a journal this year. So I need you to start meditating the word. Because if you don't start meditating the word, I don't know how good you are. I know you got a college degree. And you're a friendly person. You're happy. And you're talented. You won't be successful. You'll be mad all your life. Depressed, yelling, cussing, hollering, quick-tempered, throwing stuff. You know why? You don't know God's word. You, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you don't know what God says about your situation. And God says something about everything. Now look over at Luke 7. I'll give you this. Luke 7. This is real good. Luke 7. is my second favorite, most favorite scripture on faith in the Bible. My favorite is one about the one with the issue of blood. Where Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. Your faith made you whole. Luke chapter 7 verse 1 says, When Jesus had finished saying this to the people, he returned to Capernaum that time, a highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick in their death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. Said, if anyone deserves your help, he does. They said, for he loves the Jewish people. He even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home. I am not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Just say the word. I don't need you coming here and walk around the seven times, spit in the north wind, throw your coat on them, soak them with oil, dance around them, Shondai Hikimo, who stole a Honda. I'm not trying to make fun, I'm trying to point something out. I'm talking like I'm talking to my kids. If you don't start getting the word in you, where it's coming out of your mouth, you are going absolutely nowhere it is the only offensive weapon you possess god's word i will say again mark four that whole chapter when the word comes into my life the devil comes immediately to get it out it's the one thing that'll whip him and he knows it. he does not want it taking root in my life that's why i need to put my face in this book i need to get me some three x five cards give me some good tapes i need to watch what i feed on because the quality of my life will be based on my soul, I teach constantly. Third John two, Joshua one eight goes along with this. Beloved, I wish above all things you would prosper, be in health, as your soul prospers. So if your soul's not prospering, the other two aren't going to be doing too good because that's the lead dog in the whole race. Comes and he says this: Just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go; come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Can you get that? The Son of God walking the earth is amazed. I mean, I, mean, I don't know what amazed Jesus, but this is I'm amazed. Said Jesus, heard that he was amazed. He said, I, uh, turning to the crowd that was following Jesus, he said to them, "I tell you." I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. When the officer's friends returned to the house, they found the slave completely healed. He says, that's the greatest faith I've ever seen in Israel. This Roman centurion has the greatest faith I've ever seen. Why? He understands how faith works. The centurion understands when Jesus speaks, heaven speaks. And Jesus, I understand how you work. When you talk, it's not you talking. When you talk, God talks. When I talk, Roman talks. Rome backs me up. My men aren't afraid of me because I can whip all 100 of them. My men are afraid of me because Rome backs me up. When I talk, Rome talks. That's why they do what I say. I am under authority. So when I speak, I have authority. (coughs) Jesus, you're under God's authority. I just need you to say it. And Jesus, that's the greatest faith I've ever seen. He understands how faith works. You speak because you believe it. It's what you believe that's important. I've told my kids, if you don't get in the word of God, I love you. You're gifted. All of your son can sing. I got one. My daughter sings great. She leads praise and worship at our church in Tulsa. Uh, I got one. that's a great uh, teacher. I had one that's a great basketball player. They're all gifted different. But I said, your gift won't make room for you just by itself. You need the word of God in you also. You got to get the word in you. So what I want to do, I'm going to give you this. This is what I did to my kids this year. I gave them all a prayer journal. And basically it says for reading your Bible every day. I said, no, you're not going to do this every day because you got flesh. You're not that disciplined yet. But eventually you will. I said, "You got to read your Bible every day. Don't wait till you feel like it. You read your Bible, and it's called soap. S O A P. Just journal in the thing when you go. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, scripture. You read your scripture for the day, and that's why you like the one-year Bible because it'll make you read stuff you won't read. I'm not going to read Leviticus unless it's on my schedule. It's just not a fun thing to read. I took my high school seniors to it one semester. Leviticus. Man, you talk about depressing. We're going to do what? We're going to go through Leviticus one verse at a time. Leviticus. But man, it was it's a real X-rated book." That ought to make you read it right there. You want to talk about nasty, it's in there. Ooh, have mercy. You almost need to be 18 to read that thing. It's a nasty book. But they were paying attention there after about three days. Whoa, we didn't know that was in the Bible. God says something about everything. What I love is to make you read it because it balances you out. But I told my kids, this is how I've always learned. I hated school when I went to school. I didn't like it. I want to play football, baseball, and wrestle. I don't want to study until I got out of school and tried to get a job. And then that's when I realized you only get paid for two things in your life. You get paid for what you know and what you can do. I obviously didn't know anything. I couldn't do anything because they not getting paid anything. So I went back to school and I hated I had to go back and get what I could have got for free. And I realized the only way I could learn is a good professor told me, you remember what you write. So I write stuff down. I still do it. So I got hundreds and hundreds of three to five cards. And these are the ones for this right here for what I dealt with my kids this year. I want you to start reading your Bible every day. Okay. And we're going to get together once a Thursday. and We're going to see what you read this week. Read your Bible reading for the day. Read the scripture. Get one thought out of it. Not 20, not 18. One. One thought. What one thing stood out and hit you? Write it down. Okay? What it was. Just write it down. What did you observe here today? How does it apply in your lives? I think I think today is that just a 2,000-year-old scripture. Can you do something with it? Can you start praying about it? God, I need you to bring this to pass in my life. And start getting it effective. It's called working the word of God. Meditate in it. Mutter it over and over in your mind until it gets in you so deep you understand it and you can pass it on to somebody else. So I wrote these scriptures down. Now, there's hundreds in the series. These are just a few to kind of let you know what I did with them. I told my kids because I had dollars you know, almost got laid off last year and eventually got a raise. And we had to pray for months because it got close. And uh, they cut her salary back for about two weeks, but then she got a good raise. You will not get what you don't ask God for. You have not because you ask not. I taught it last year in July when I said, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. Get a list and start asking God. We asked Santa Claus, let's start asking God. Okay, wasn't it so devastating you realize, we do you mean there's no Santa Claus? That's a lie. Okay, you were left, I remember thinking, I'm left hanging. They've left me hanging. All my life I got what I wanted because I asked Santa Claus. I'm like, well, where's he at? You mean he's not at the North Pole? Well, how am I going to get some stuff for Christmas? Well, you're on your own. Well, dear God, Christmas became a depressing time. Where's the reindeer at? Where's the ho, ho, ho? Where's the guy in the red hat at? Right, so I'm just, you, mom and dad, I'm going to have to depend on you now? Good Lord. I've been depending on the guy with the big belly and the red hat. And all of a sudden, if they had told me there was a Jesus who had taken my list, I'd have been real happy. I wish somebody told talking about Jesus. I'd take my list to him. So listen to this. Just give you a few of these. I like this right here. This is what I call, these are the promises and what these are. Let's give you a few of them here. This is the unseen world. Now, listen to this. This will help you out. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Final word, Paul said. Be strong in the Lord and in the mighty power that he has. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. I told my six adult children, the devil's plotting against you every day. While you were sleeping last night, he's thinking of ways of taking you out. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Don't you think for a minute he's not thinking about you. There are demons out there and they're thinking about you right now. And they're trying to take you out. That's why you need to be in the word every day. Grow strong in the grace and of the Lord Jesus. Meditate in the word day and night. There's a reason for that. It's not a religious thing. It's a survival thrive kind of a thing. He goes and says this, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities. I have a horrible boss. No, you don't. You might be one used by the devil. You don't have a bad boss the devil uses flesh god uses flesh if you don't know that the devil uses flesh you'll just get mad at flesh you'll try to outwit flesh out trick flesh manipulate flesh and flesh will just whip you because it's the devil using the flesh not you so the devil will get hit the devil use somebody else's flesh get you mad you go to flight in flesh you'll just be mad i tell people again all the time i'm either doing one or two things i'm either thanking god or i'm accusing him if i'm accused because i have no faith in that area i think flesh is against me no it's the devil He says this, we're warring against mighty powers in dark places, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for somebody to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. What do you mean your faith? I need to know what God says. Well, stand firm against what? Well, let's take our two of my kids. Last year, about to lose their jobs. Well, that is the economy's down. You know, and the economy's down. Shut up! There's no economy down. Thousand drop one side, ten thousand. There's no economy down. You we're in the world, not of it. We're a blessed people. We're a prosperous people. What we set our hand to, prosperous. We're the head, not the tail. God supplies all of our need. Quit listening. You're not in the world. Okay, you're in it. You're not of it. Quit joining up with them. We're blessed. People look at us and ask us about the hope of sentence, but not if you're not using your faith. That's why you get to use your faith. That's why we're fighting the fight of faith. We're not fighting the devil. Jesus whipped the devil. We're fighting for what we believe. Do you believe you're going to be blessed? Well, I will be good as soon as the economy gets better. It won't get better. Not for the world. It's going downhill for the world. Have you noticed that? I taught history for years in high school. It's going down, not up. America didn't have a half price sale January 1st. Kmart did. Not America and prices went back up already now james 4 7 humble yourselves before god resist the devil he will flee from you who the devil trying to steal your money your job your raise your promotion your business trying to steal from it he wants you to give up well i must have made a mistake must not be god if it was god it would be working i only get that from christians heathens don't believe that stupidity but if it was god it would work where'd you read that at you didn't read that in the bible the Bible says the hand of the diligent bears rule. Thoughts of the diligent think about, please. You better get after it. You got to get aggressive. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent take about force. You better get aggressive and go after what you need. It's not just going to show up because God feels sorry for you. I'm talking to my daughters now. John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I like this one. Luke 10, 17. When the 72 disciples returned... They joyfully reported to Jesus, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. My gosh, we got power over demonic spirits, Lord. While they run and holler and spit and throw up and run down hills, it's incredible. We got power when we use your name. Yes, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like a lightning bolt. Look, I have given you authority over all the power. Everybody say all the power. Say it again. Say it again. Jesus healed all, all, all those oppressed of the devil. My aunt said she got cancer. She's dying. I said, no, no, by Jesus stripes, you're not going to be healed. You were healed. It's not what he's going to do. It's what he's already done. If you're still thinking about what he's going to do, you'll never get it. If it's in your future, you'll never get it. If it's in your future, you'll never get it. God's through. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the father. He's finished. All needs been provided. All healing has been paid for. It's already done. It's not what he's going to do. He's not going to bless. He's already blessed. But can you receive the blessing? Not if you don't know it's yours. You will not go after what you don't know is yours. You just keep, God, I hope you help us. God, I hope you bless us. God, I hope you heal us. He won't. He's already done it. It's, a, it's wrong words. There's no faith behind it. God, I hope you heal me. He's already healed you. Jesus bore those stripes for my healing. He's not going to heal me. He's already purchased my healing. He's not going to save me. He's already purchased my salvation. It is, will I receive it? God, hope you save me. He's already saved me. Can you get the blindness off their mind to receive it? That's why you have to preach the gospel. Share the good news. Walk in love. Take them to dinner. Buy them some. They say, what? You don't just hand them a track. You might need to buy them a steak dinner. That really messes with them. You hand a track to them, me no relative, they'll just throw it back at you and cuss at you. You take them to a steak dinner, they'll stare at you. You know something I don't know? Yeah, I heard that you're dying. You're kidding. I did this to an uncle. One. <laughs> really? You talking to my doctor? No, why? Are you dying? No, you're dying spiritually. I'm trying to hear the Savior. Like, I want to buy you dinner so I can talk to you. And he let me talk to him because I bought him a steak dinner, not because I handed him a track. Love never fails. He's cold to shame on people's head. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It works real good. Jesus said, you will walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. It's not a big deal that demons obey you. That's not a big deal. That's a simple thing. He said, rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That ought to make you happy. You belong to me, you're a child of God. John 17, 15, Jesus praying, said this, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, Father, but to keep them safe from the evil one in the world. Even Jesus prayed to the Father to keep us safe from the devil. If Jesus prayed, it must be a valid prayer. So I must be able to pray that for my wife, my children. father. I got family traveling today, going back to college. Father, I thank you for keeping my family from the evil in the world. Traveling mercies, going to get there in a timely manner, divinely protected, the angels of God can't my family. They got the wisdom of God and the mind of Christ. And shield of divine protection everywhere they go. I say it. Faith speaks. It doesn't think. You gotta say it. You understand that? That's why I, why do you think the Bible talks about it? And you? T- pray constantly, all the time. Pray, me saying the word of God constantly. Well you can't say it if you don't know it. And I hope things work out. They won't. I hope things get better. They won't. Not if you're not expecting it. Not if you're not speaking it. It won't happen. You got to get aggressive and start declaring it. And then I like this. And this is the worry one I gave you a while ago. Because if you don't know about the devil and that you got authority over him, he'll scare you. And people are worried. My aunt, you know, said, man, maybe it's my time to go home. It's not your time to go home. Who told you it's time to go home? Well, I got cancer. Is that God's RSVP? Cancer. Here's God just sent you some cancer. Let you know it's time to go. Why don't you just fall asleep and go home then? Why don't you have to sick and lose your hair and... Cute and do all that. What, what is that? You think that's God? See, ignorance. she's been in church all her life. She can't quote three scriptures. Been in church. Well, she's in church today. She doesn't know this. Do you understand? Meditate. Not go to church. Meditate in my word. That's when we come here. Fellowship. Meditate in the word day and night. Renew your mind every day with the word of God. People can, where's God at? Well, he's waiting for you to get some faith. He needs you to believe him. When my aunt almost died, I was here when we were here last July. We went down to see her. She's scheduled for surgery, Chattanooga. And we went down, went in, prayed with her, talked with her a little bit. And I love my aunt. She's been so good to me all my life. I love her dearly. She'll out cuss any sailor you've ever met. No woman's ever cussed better than my aunt. No woman. No woman can out cuss my aunt. She came to see me at a church in Houston, Texas, biggest Assembly to God church. She's there. She loves me dearly. And she's out in the lobby. Uh, went up to tell the pastor what a great sermon. And she used the word God. But she was, she was GD four times in the lobby bragging on me, best GD sermon you ever heard, man, that's the best GD thing, you and that's the best GD preacher you ever heard in your life. And and pastor was so gracious, he just hugged her neck and thanked her. Whew. I got family, maybe you got family. Anyhow, went down to pray for it because I'm the preacher, so I'm like her good luck charm. I'm the preaching nephew, so they brought me in to, to, to pray, and, and I prayed with her, and, and I said, and so we did. And, I said, listen, I'm not worried about this. This is going to be fine. Anyhow, we got to Nashville, Drive back to Tulsa. I praying with her, you know, four hours later. And that uncle calls. They took her into surgery. and Things went bad wrong. Uh, they She almost died twice. They got her in ICU. And she's barely hanging on. Can you get back? Can you get back? So my family and I turned around in Nashville. And Dixon drove all the way back to Chattanooga, running that hospital. And there she is in ICU. And uh, finally, she came to. Got her conscience back. And they got the tube down her nose. And they are had her wired up. And she so looked up, and I'm just leaning over her bed, looking at her. She starts going, "Oh, Joe Allen, thank you for coming. Oh, shut up! I said, "Shut up a minute. No, I'm not here because I feel sorry for you." I said, "The last thing you need right now for somebody to feel sorry for you. I'm here to pray to God to heal you, because that's not your problem. Cancer's not your problem. You got a messed up mind. We need to get you home and wash your brain out, because you got some really stupid thoughts in your mind. So I'm praying for healing, so we go clean up the real problem, which is your mind." And she hugged my neck. My uncle thanked me turned out all right she's not in full recovery but she's she's out and cancer's in remission and we're getting her the word of god because if she don't get the word of god and it, it'll come back the devil always wants to come back he comes back seven times worse he's a thief the only thing that'll whip the devil not feeling sorry for yourself not hugging next and crying you got to get the word this is what scares the devil this in your heart coming out of your mouth, Ephesians 6, 17, is the sword of the spirit. It's what Christians should be doing. It's what they did in the book of Acts. It's why the disciples were excited. My God, even devils run without, we use your name. God has given us, a, Jesus went to the cross to hand us what he used. We now have it, but not if we don't use it. Anyhow, if you don't get that, you get worried. So that's why Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. The thing about there, if you stay where long, if you become afraid, Second Timothy 1, 7, God told him that God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Because if it happens, if you get afraid, you'll think, well, it's a curse. It's just a family curse. You know, my daddy died of cancer. I guess I'm going to die of cancer. My mom died of heart attack. I guess I'm going to die of a heart. And you'll start saying it. I no, I don't I only deal with Christians. I don't deal with unbelievers unless it's family members. And they'll say it. Well, I guess I'll probably get it too. I guess I'll get it too. I guess I won't live long. Well, go ahead and get you some of it. Write it down on a poster board. Paint it on the side of your barn. I'm going early too. Well, thank God we'll all be there when you leave. Me, I'm sticking around. That's why I've told, I've told my kids, I said it a while ago, I've told my kids, if Jesus tarries, I'm coming to your funeral, you're not coming to mine. Because I pray you live a long time. I pray the fear of God over you every day of your life. You've never lived a day I've not prayed. God, teach my children to fear you. Fear of God's the beginning of wisdom. With wisdom comes a long life. You're going to live a long time. I hope it's a quality of life because you're going to be here a while. Because that's what I've asked God for. So no curses. Galatians 3.13, Jesus said this. I had been redeemed from the curse of the law, which included poverty, sickness, and death. you got to go to Deuteronomy 28 to read all the curses. Hemorrhoids, arthritis, you know, boils, you name it. It's listed in there. And the reason it's listed so you understand what the devil's trying to do. Well, it's just part of old age. Well, it could be. It could be the devil trying to take you out early. But if you don't know, you don't know to resist. You'll just tolerate it until it gets so bad you don't have the faith to overcome that stuff. That's why you were supposed to be in this book. What's God's will? Well, that's in God's will. We're going to resist this now. We're going to resist this now, which brings you up to the long life thing. And this is the biggest in my family because I've done so many funerals for them. Let's give you a few of these. Psalm 91 verse 16. To those who trust in my name, I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Now there's, there's over a hundred of these. I'm just going to give you about eight. Listen to this. Proverbs 3, 1. My child, do not forget the things I taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you will do this, you will live many years and you will, your life will be satisfying and long. Well, I like like to have a satisfied long life. I like to see that on my gravestone. Our family's graveyards down here in Sparta. You go down to Sparta and read our family's tombstones. There's some sad stuff. Some of them lived, you know, a year, seven years. Some lived 23 years. That's some nasty stuff. Boy, that was a bunch being taken out early. I'm glad we made it out. Because there weren't many of us that made it out of that mess. Because the devil's a stinking thief. Kills, steals, and destroys. If you don't know God, you can't resist him. He'll cheat and take you out early. Yeah, that's good. Proverbs nine eleven wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. Proverbs ten twenty seven the fear of the Lord is the beginning or the fear of the Lord lengthens one's life. That's why it's good to pray for the fear of God. Proverbs four ten my child listen to me do what I say and you will live a long good life. Proverbs three sixteen wisdom marks you long life in her right hand riches and honor in her left. And I like this and there's there's one of these for every guy in the Bible Solomon David. So they're all in there. I'm just going to give you the one for David. I like this. This would be great on your tombstone right here. This would be the greatest and great. You got to get you a tombstone. Go ahead and grave this and then make it happen. And King David died at a ripe old age. Ripe old age. That didn't mean he was stinking. That means he lived to be really ripe. Still effective in his old age. Lived to be of a ripe old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. That's First Chronicles 29, 28. I'd like to have that on you too. Oh, Joe lived a long, wealthy, satisfying life. Died at a rough old age. That ought to be our testimony. Not here lies. Joe died at 7 or 2 or 23 or 15 or 52. But if you don't know this, you just, well, you're just in the family. No, I'm not in that family. I've been grafted into a new family. I'm not in that family anymore. That's not me. But if I don't know that, I don't know to resist it. Now it brings up my last here, and this is the one I like. I've only had four words in my life where I knew God actually just spoke a word to me. This is years ago. Boy, this is just, I woke up one morning, we were living in Stone Bluff, Oklahoma, and I woke up sitting on the side of the bed and feeling real good. Woke up early, and sitting there thinking about what I was gonna do that day, and I'm sitting there and I heard this word. One word. You don't have to believe this, but this is true. It happened to me. I'm sitting there and I heard this word. It wasn't audible, but it was might as well be because it was I knew it was from God. I'm sitting there and just sitting there and sitting on the side of the bed, waking up. Do what I'm doing, I heard this word. Trouble. trouble i said it out loud who's in trouble who's the news god's talking to me it's like i'm in trouble my kids are in trouble my wife in trouble who's in trouble i can't get and i'm talking because i talk out loud a lot my dad used to say, i'm talking out loud my wife woke up she said what are you doing i said i just got a word from god she said you did she's waiting what did he say he said trouble trouble what we mean trouble who's in trouble you're in trouble i don't know he didn't say are the kids in trouble? I don't know. He didn't say. Are we in trouble? I don't know. Shut up. Man. I don't know. He, he said trouble. Well, what kind of stupid words is that? Well, I don't know, but I know it came from God. He said trouble. And we yelled for the next five minutes. Trouble was there, man. I'm not getting. Well, it took two and a half weeks for me to get time to go through the concordance of the Bible and get all the scriptures down. Okay. If, if trouble's coming, I better find out what the Bible says about it because God doesn't lie. God said he'll show you things to come, both good and bad, so you can avoid some stuff. It's always quiet when you tell people that. God said, ugly's coming. The Bible says, a wise man sees trouble coming and prepares himself. The fool passes on and is punished. It's like God said, this is coming. I need you to do this. Go here and make this turn right here. Don't go that way. God's always leading us. We know we're children of God because we're led by the spirit of God. God doesn't lie. So this is it. There's not one. I'm just going to read a few of them. There's, there's over 100 and, uh, I think 153. Scriptures, Old New Testament on trouble. There's not one. Bad scripture on trouble. There's not one scary scripture. They're all good. I was the most, it was the most amazing Bible study i ever done in my life on trouble. Like the trouble's coming. Now it did. Eight months after I got that word, hell landed in my life in one day. I almost lost my name, my career, my money, everything in yeah, one day. It all, it hell landed me with both feet. I mean, my knees bumped in when I wanted to throw up. I never did, but I could have thrown up. I just can't tell you how bad it is. One day it just came out of nowhere, and I remember when I finally got out of the building, I'm trying to figure what have I done so wrong? What did I do? Did I open a door? Did I sin? Did I need to rebuke some God? Did you show me? I didn't know. And I remember I got by myself in a room, and I'm sitting there. just time I'm just stunned. Like, my God, my whole life's over. My life just ended. Everything I've done is just ended. What did I do? How did I do? How did this happen? And all of a sudden, I remember and I heard the word trouble, and I had to go down and I found these old scriptures in a file I had, and I had to pull them back out. Like trouble, what trouble? And I began to read these. And I found out, it doesn't matter what kind of trouble it is, whether you've got yourself in trouble, whether the devil put you in trouble, or somebody else put trouble on you. God always, without exception, every time delivers from trouble. And all I did was got constant Yep, I don't know what it is, but God's going to get me out of it. Eight hours later, eight hours later, I didn't lose the thing. Eight hours later, I got a better position and a raise. And I didn't, I didn't lose my name, my job, my career. I didn't lose anything. God switched it. It was the most amazing turnaround. I, I've never seen such an amazing turnaround eight hours later. But I remember thinking God said, look, I've told you. Tr- I knew trouble was coming. I was going to get you ready so you won't flinch. That's so what I remember what Jesus told Peter. J- Peter came down the boat one and said, Jesus, Jesus, Peter said, the devil came to me last night. Peter said, the devil, the devil? Uh-huh, came talk to me last night. Peter said, what did he want? He said, he wanted you. The devil came to me and said, I want Peter. <laughs> Dear God, you're kidding. He came to ask you for me. Yep, yep. Wants to sift you like wheat. Well, did you bind him and loose him and plead the blood, knock him out? No. No, I just prayed that your faith won't fail because he's coming. It's like, I hate that scripture. Come on, Jesus, bust him in the mouth, back him off. No, no, no. Well, no, your faith will work. I just prayed. He told, he told him, I prayed that your faith will not fail. I didn't rebuke the devil. He's coming. Ugly's coming, Peter. Woo. get them up but I prayed your faith will not fail you're going to flinch a little bit you're going to blink about three times but you won't fail you're going to be strong and I got thinking Jesus what are you trying to tell me here Like, your faith's good but not if you don't have any you better get you some faith because ugly can show up it's your faith that makes a difference so just this these in closing I like this this is, this is the list that I had back then this is just part of it just read a few of these Psalms 9 verse 9 there's not a bad scripture on trouble listen to this Psalm 99, the Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Psalm 20, verse 1, in times of trouble, may the Lord respond to your cry. May God keep you safe from all harm. Psalm 27, 5, for he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Psalm 31, 7, I am overcome with joy because of your unfading love. For you have seen my troubles. And you care about the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to my enemy, but you have set me in a safe place. Psalm 32, 7, you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Psalm 37, 39, the Lord saves the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. Psalm 41, 1, oh, the joys for those who are kind to the poor. For the Lord rescues them in times of trouble. I bet you guys helped out with the coats. And I know that's always a challenging thing, dealing with people. I guarantee God sees that. He writes it down. You lend to the poor, you lend to the Lord, and God pays back. That's good stuff to put in the bank account. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help. In times of trouble. Psalm 50 verse 15. Trust me in your times of trouble. I will rescue you and I will give you glory. God said not only will I get you out of trouble. I'll make you look good doing it. I don't care if you got yourself in trouble. And the devil does this. Because you know we've all made mistakes. My God that was a dumb decision. Boy I buried myself now. Boy that was the dumbest thing I've ever done. You ever been there? Say, oh dear God I did it myself. I'm getting what I deserve. No. God is a redeemer. God raises the dead. You can repent. God a redeemer. Restore and get you out of that mess. Not only get you out. Make you look good. Coming out. That's the kind of God we serve. That'll make you hug his neck. Psalm 54, 7. For you will rescue me from my troubles. Help me triumph over my enemies. Psalm 59, 16. But I will sing of your power. I will sing about your mercy in the morning. For you have, you have been my defense. You have been my refuge in the day of trouble. And then the last one I'll give you Psalm 60, verse 11. Give us help from trouble, O Lord, for the help of man is useless. I don't care what kind of trouble you're in. Your kids are in. Your business are in. Health is in, it doesn't matter whether you did it to yourself or somebody did it to you. I'll promise you, you go get your own concordance, write those down. I don't care what kind of trouble comes. Because you ever had somebody say, man, we're in trouble. You ever had your husband tell you that, your wife tell you that, your boss tell you, man, we're in trouble. (laughs) Come on, bring it on. God delivers from trouble every time without exception. Every time. There is nothing that's going to overtake us. God said, I know what you need before you ask, but I need you to ask. We've got it made. We are the people of God. We are his children. But he wants us to give him permission by our words. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Call those things that be not as though they are. But if I'm not in this, I think, oh, God, it's bad. Oh, God, it's getting worse. I'll be glad when it gets better. It won't get better if I don't declare it to get better. If I don't start declaring God's word, it will not get better. The world is starving for a leader. They're going to beg for the Antichrist. Please, world. Please, world. Somebody in the world. Somebody in the government. Help me keep my job. Please, world. Get me some life insurance. Please, world. Get me some health insurance. Please, world. Make sure I get a check. The help of man. God said, now maybe God lied. The help of man is useless. But God always helps. Without exception. Never sleeps. Never slumbers. Looking right at us. He's just. That's why Jesus always asks people, what can I do for you? I say it every time I come. I'm still amazed. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus asked a blind man, what can I do for you blind man? Remember Peter was there and said, well, Lord, you got no eyeballs. I'm like, Shut up, Peter. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the blind man. Jesus wants to know what we need. The greatest thing you'll do this year is get you a list. You ought to get you a list. I mean, a goat choking, boat floating list. I mean, just get gaudy. Just get gaudy with it. Get a 20-page list. I won't need all this stuff. Because if you've got something on there that shouldn't be on there, God will talk to you when you go to sleep. Proverbs 6, verse 6, and he'll tell you, get that off the list. But if you don't get it on, He can't do anything with it. Get you a list. Lord, I need a favor. I need an increase. I need a better job. I need a raise. I need favor of my vendors. I need favor of my employer. I need favor of my in-laws. Man, my stepkids give me a problem. I need favor in their eyes. I need you to change their heart. If you don't get a list, God can't move. God's not moved because you're hurting. And people think that, well, if I hurt bad enough, because people said all the time, well, it's been bad, but, you know, it's going to get good because people believe in that yin and yang thing. You know, the yin, yang, yin, yang. Well, it's so much good. Then has to be so much bad to balance it out. Then if there's so much bad, so much good will happen because it's got to, and life balances. That's not in the Bible. The devil take you out early and, kill and stomp you all the way into hell itself. There's no balance in life that the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let this be the year we get in the Word of God. Get you a one-year Bible. Go get you one. Get you one this week. You don't have to understand it. Man, I used to get them from my kids. I don't understand this. Of course you don't understand it. You're in Leviticus. Get out of there. Let's just get you in Proverbs and get you on that grease banana peel and slide real good. I'll get you a real liberal translation. You don't have to interpret it. It'll just move real fast. It'll create its own hunger. If you see how good God is, you'll chase him more. It will create its own hunger. You start getting the word of God, your life will change. 3 John 2, Joshua 1, 8, Psalms 1. The word of God is the quality of my life. Let's make a determination. Let this be the greatest year we've ever had, 2010. It's going to be for somebody. might as well be for us. God promises to take us from faith to faith and glory to glory. Let's stand up. We're going to pray.